Welcome to SlayerFest 98. I'm your host, Ian Carlos Crawford, and today I'm joined by special guest host and co-host of Dirty Horror Podcast, Christopher Downs. Yay. Hello. Yay. Um, yes, first I do need to apologize to the people in the middle of the Venn diagram uh, who listen to SlayerFest 98 and Light Trees and News and Dirty Little Horror because you're going to hear a lot of me this week. I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm half sorry. I'm not really that sorry, but uh, get ready. <laughs> um, Christopher, I don't think anyone could tire of your beautiful voice, honestly. Stop it. What, this old thing? <laughs> um, we are joined by two guests this week. We have freelance writer extraordinaire. Latoya Ferguson. Hello, hello, hello. Hi. Uh, we also have the hooker with a heart of gold. Mouse, a.k.a. Sherman Mouse. How's it going? Noted for the record that I uh, both those introductions were pre-approved. <laughs> <laughs> and Mouse, would you like to start us off since it's your first time on the podcast with your Buffy origin? Yes. Uh, first off, thank you for having me. I've been very excited about this. Oh, thanks for I've coming on. I've been Buffy, I think, seven times all the way through. And then, you know, <gasps> nice. episodes here and there. Yeah, it's, you know, it's something you do when you start dating someone. You decide that you're going to date them, therefore they have to watch Buffy all the way through with you. It's yes, true. absolutely. <laughs> Very important. Um, sometimes roommates will be put through that as well. I, <laughs> uh, Me and Buffy are the same age. Um, so I, it, in the premiere of Buffy, I was also in my sophomore year of high school. Oh, nice. I also wasn't in great standing with the administration at school. I spent a lot of time at home because I was grounded. And so Buffy was, you know, one of the shows I would watch with my mother. You know, we, we liked our our fun sci-fi shows and whatnot. We watched a lot of X-Files and Buffy together. Cute. Um, yeah. And, you know, I was a little gay boy, so Buffy was everything. <laughs> I was already into the movie at that point. I'd, I'd watched the, movies, the movie for a long time, and I was very much into the show from the beginning. Awesome. So many gay boys watching Buffy with their mothers in the 90s. Yeah, I, I was one of those. <laughs> as, as was I, yeah. Now I just feel left out. <laughs> Fuck you, Latoya. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, so today we're here to discuss I Was Made to Love You, the Buffy robot. Well, not Buffy robot, but the episode of Buffy with another robot. Um which I actually didn't remember until, like, halfway through when Dawn makes the Ted reference. I was like, oh, wait, we have gotten robots on the show before. Like, it's not mm -hmm. that unheard of for the show, even though it feels, like, weirdly out of place. Yes, yeah. which is why they why there's the jokes in about all, all the Scoobies immediately going, oh, yeah, that was a robot. I could tell almost immediately <laughs> because they've been through it before. Yeah, yeah. Um, also, I wanted to point out that Jesus Christ, all of these, like, last ten episodes have so much in the previously on Buffy part of the episode. Because <laughs> there's just, like, a million things going on at once. Like, all the Riley stuff, like, I thought we were done with him, and then just all of his scenes are in the previously. <laughs> oh, are we? Are you, are you guys watching this on Hulu? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I'm, I'm always curious where the previously on Buffy's oh, come from, because every... I, I was watching my DVDs. Okay, did they have the same thing? Yeah. I, th cool. I think the, like, later ones they released, because my DVDs don't have the previously on either, but I think the later ones they released do. Yeah, I got, like, the the box at, like, way yeah. past time. Because there's, like, a special Easter egg in the Season 7 DVDs, 
where like if you go up on one on the last disc, the like it plays the previously on for the gift. Aww. And like that's my, oh. that's my favorite previously on because duh. Oh. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so the, I feel like the impending doom in this episode just like kind of overshadows everything. Uh, where I'm like, no, I know what's gonna happen. Uh, especially in the scenes with, like, Joyce. But, so, we'll Um, start at the beginning. So, you know, we get a continuation of last week's episode, which is when Spike offered to stake Drusilla and, like, captured Buffy, and then she did the uninvite, so he's not allowed in the house. And she's just kind of talking about it to Giles, and he's just such a good dad. I love him, like, stumbling over being like, I don't know what Spike was thinking. Not that you're not attractive, but... Uh, and then we get, you know, the reveal that the thing she's punching is Xander in that puffy, whatever you call it. I don't even, what do you call those things? Just puffy suit, like the sumo suit, I guess. Right? Is that what it is? I don't even know. Uh, yeah, a sparring I, suit. I don't, I don't know what they refer to it. Uh, I mean, is it, a, is it a thing that actually exists in real life? Because, like, sumo suits are usually just kind of spongy. They're not good for punching. Mm. Or they're, like, inflatable. I feel like this is the same sumo sh- suit uh, type that was used in the Charlie's Angels movie, so I guess it's a thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. I'll take that. <laughs> if, it, if it's in Charlie's Angels, it's canon. Yeah, of course. Good reference. <laughs> uh, so, and I also wanted to point out, I like Xander when Xander is, I think I like this version of Xander that we get sometimes. Um, yes. because I, yeah. I, I do think he's being, he is being her best friend, right? Like he's doing in this scene, he's doing a good job. He's not being like a creep. He's not being an asshole. He doesn't have to reference that he used to have a crush on her. Like, I think he's actually being a good friend here. I think he encourages her in a way that only allows her to be, to be selfish and self-involved really. Cause if it weren't for his, his undying love for her, I think that maybe he'd be more honest with her because she's the reason that relationship went to shit, you know? It wasn't the hellmouth. She just really screwed it up, Riley. But, you know, I feel like he would give the same advice to Willow if she was in this situation, too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're right, he would. I think that, yes, uh, he is nice to, like, this is one of the only times he's not being creepy with an undertone of creepiness, and for his effort, he's rewarded with Buffy just fully rubbing it in. Like, the guy who used to be in love with you, uh, you're just saying right to his face, what if no one ever loves me? What if I'm alone <laughs> forever? What if I'm just so unlovable I never find a man? And he's like, you will. <laughs> well, you should be happy that Xander does not take that bait, basically, and then just say something really <laughs> shitty about it. Right. <laughs> you put That's it like true. that. Uh, I'm actually glad uh, I'm on for this episode. I mentioned like in my first episode that this and The Replacement were the first two episodes of Buffy I ever watched. So whenever Ooh. I look back at season five, I always look back at this as, like, the best Xander season because he's just, like, a supportive adult to his friends, and especially to Buffy, and it's, like, really nice to see. Yeah. And if only that could yes. just... He could have just stayed that way. He's, a, like, a great friend to Buffy. He's a great boyfriend to Anya. The end. That's, <laughs> yes. that's the end yeah. of the show. <laughs> right. He even, and he, he has a job. Skills. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And he's really good, good at his job, too, and he cares about it. And I think he's looking oh. good this season. Oh, yeah, and he dresses well, too. Yeah. I think this is like, like hair wise. Like I just think he's all the things he's doing are working for me. Uh, Roman Xander Harris. That, that's what's up here. That's what's up. 
Uh, Latoya, I'd like to pretend that I remembered that was your origin, and that's why I asked you on for this episode. <laughs> I mean, it's not, but let's we can pretend that. Uh, so then we get Xander saying, like, oh, maybe, like, your success with guys on the Hellmouth is because we're on a Hellmouth. I felt like it was, like, my dating life in New York. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> um, then we get, you know, April arrives in town and says she's looking for love. That dude tries to warn her that Sunnydale's terrible. He does. And I, know, I, right? I like seeing someone like outside the town is like, oh no, this place is terrible. Cause like it is. Yeah. People know. People know. <laughs> That's why they never get out and property values stay low. <laughs> I mean, I bet like if the rent's low enough, maybe I would move there. I'm like, meh, so those demons, whatever. Yeah, Xander's apartment apartment is great. I would definitely move there. <laughs> oh, right? Just, just oh, be no. inside by sunset. It's easy. Yeah. And, like, have, like, whatever that spell is, Willow and Tara do to make sure no gods, evil demon gods, come into your apartment to murder you. Easy. Right. <laughs> yeah, great. Also, the thing about this opening, and I, I realized with this episode, I guess it kind of sets up a lot of things for season six, because a lot of the opening is supposed to be played for laughs with Buffy and just feeling alone, but it's really depressing about yeah. how she's like, what's wrong with me that Spike wants me? I'm terrible. I should change myself completely. It's like, oh, no, baby girl. I know, right? It's, it's like, <laughs> fuck. I also I wanted to see what you guys felt. I, I have, like, trouble reconciling the, all the things that they talk about Spike and they feel about Spike. And then, like, man, in, like, one season, she's going to be romantically involved with Spike. Well, it really upsets me when we get to the scene later we can talk about when he goes to the magic box and he basically tries to lie about her to her friends, which really upsets me. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I, I've always, I think the first time around, I didn't understand the whole Spike Buffy thing. But having watched it so many times, I think it makes perfect sense. And I'm surprised she didn't go there sooner. Yeah. Character wise. Right. Like it feels like yeah. it's like, OK, that's the next progression. I have trouble with Spike because I watched the show, but then gave up around season three when the graduation day episode never aired or was like delayed like five months. I, like, gave up, and then I came back to the show full force in, like, season five. I always think of, like, the gift Spike, like, you know, telling Buffy she makes him feel like a man. And, like, I think I had missed Crush, because, you know, like, back in the day, if you missed the episode, you just missed it. I definitely missed that episode, and I think I might have missed this episode as well, because I know I missed the body. And I feel like I just have this vision of Spike as, like, someone who did work side by side with them, but then also he was kind of a stalker, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I don't know, but I but I do love him. I don't know. See, my opinion of Spike from this episode and then what happens in season six is the same now as it has always been, which is... <laughs> <laughs> so I'm consistent. I'm consistent. I'm, I'm more of a Spike over Angel kind of guy. I think Spike is very sexy, and as far as the Ooh, yeah. anti-hero goes, you know, he's got everything you need. He's got super strength and speed, and he's... Uh, gonna mostly do the, the the right thing unless he just wants to mess with you and he gives her great sex <laughs> <laughs> true and you cannot overstate how charming james masters is, is as an actor because Ooh. even even when after we're now approaching what 10 at least 10 years of me really disliking spike when he gets in good quips good lines or when he smolders on screen i'm still like dan that's that's really good that's that's <laughs> yeah. really real good i yeah. i think most of my problems connected with it are a combination of I feel the show trying to apologize like or trying to absolve him of his actions uh, post-rape attempt. That's definitely a problem for me. And also, uh -huh. I just can't understand 
I can understand why the pairing happened between Buffy and Spike. I can't understand genuinely shipping that pairing. All right. Right. Mm. I will fully admit I am problematic, and I do, I do ship it. I do. I would like to restate for the record. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I know it's a problem. So then we get we get Joyce, Dawn, and Buffy literally just being like a cute, happy family. Like Buffy, <laughs> Buffy isn't annoyed at Dawn. Dawn isn't screeching. Joyce isn't like forcing them to do things together. They're just like being cute. Yeah, I think it might be like the only yeah. scene. The bastards that Jane Espenson. How I dare know. you? <laughs> My favorite scene of the whole episode. I, I mean, I, I actually love this episode, but I love the scene of them teasing Joyce because it's like the last really happy moment you have between them, you know? Uh, right. And it really gives you this this solid feeling that Dawn is definitely the daughter and definitely the sister, regardless of where she came from. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, Absolutely, yeah. When it first aired, I, me and my friends were so annoyed with Dawn that we'd follow almost every line she had with Shut Up, Dawn. <laughs> so we, I remember watching this scene and everything. She said, shut up, Dawn. Shut up, Dawn. Shut up, Dawn. But now I don't feel like saying that anymore. I'm like, oh, you're, you are a little sister. Right. I that... do wonder where Dawn learned about gigolos, though. <laughs> <laughs> I think she was 16 when she filmed this. She wasn't playing much younger than she was. Yeah. And Jana Spenson said... Um, in an earlier episode she was on, she said, like, oh, we did this all on purpose. Like, we wanted to hurt the audience by, like, mm-hmm. having these good scenes with Joyce and them just being happy. And I'm like, <laughs> you did it. You really did. <laughs> you... <laughs> I thought of something really depressing during the scene, though. And that was basically Brian, the guy Joyce goes on a date with. How do you think he felt, like, thinking she ghosted him and then learning she actually died? <gasps> yeah, right? <laughs> Latoya, what have you done to me? <laughs> I know. I just thought about it for the first time ever, and now I'm so upset. Like, oh, God. Oh, God. Like, oh, I sent her flowers, and we seemed to have a good time, but, oh. And then it's like a few days later, oh, she died. God. It's almost the same dress as the one she wore for Ted. Is it? It's a very Is similar it? dress. Huh. Huh. Yeah, it's, a, it's a, like an Asian flower design on a black dress. The one for Ted, had a, the design went all the way straight down the front. But it was also blank, the same similar shape. Joyce has a date look. Hmm. Oh. It's. I feel Sorry. like it very is. Sorry. What? Joyce had a date look. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you! <laughs> I feel like it's very cute, like mom going out, right? Like the outfit. Yes. Yeah. It like very. Yeah. I feel like they do a good job with styling her as like kind of hip mom. You know, like having a date night. I feel like that's. They picked a good outfit for that. And I just really like seeing them tease her. Uh, but so then <laughs> then we get another scene, which I actually really love. Uh, Anya and Tara just, like, walking together. Uh, Where's this spinoff? Seriously. Right? <laughs> I could not agree more. I actually wrote that down. Why isn't the show just Tara and Anya walking to the park talking? <laughs> yes. Best friends forever. Oh, I so good. I would have loved a Zeppo-style episode, but from Anya and Tara's perspective. Yes, so good. <laughs> uh, and also, I love them talking about the internet because it's, like, so fucking dated. Uh, but also, <laughs> like, still relevant when Tara's like, oh, but the spelling's really bad. It's really depressing there. And I'm like, yeah, it is fucking depressing on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I, I kind of like that they don't even flinch. Like, April clearly seems off. And they're just like, hmm, we don't know Warren. And then they just watch her and then they continue the conversation. <laughs> She's weird. Okay, goodbye. I'm like, you live on the Hellmouth. You should be like, hmm, we should be aware of this. 
that's why if you if you live in the hell and you're friends with Anya, you're just like, oh, that girl talks weird. Fair enough. I'm gonna go about my day. Like whatever. I've already got one of those in my life. I love Anya's reaction when uh, when April first steps up and she's like, "Hi." Anya kind of steps in with the same attitude, like, "Hello." She, yeah. like, she, she, she reacts so positively to people being positive to her. You know. This entire trio should be its own spinoff. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, and what, what, what would Tara do, really? Though they 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 don't give her much to chew on, and it's like I know. I mean, her being the straight woman to a robot and the next demon seems pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> her being well, yeah. straight woman is a good uh... waka waka. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, how do we think? Okay, so. How do we think this episode would have been different if Britney Spears had actually been cast as the robot, which was the rumor back in the day? I don't know if it's a true it was, rumor. I, I checked. It was confirmed because Marty Knoxon even, I, I found an article in 2000, her talking to like uh, Entertainment Weekly about why it didn't work out. Oh, shit. Do you remember why? They said scheduling issues. Huh. I think Justin said in another interview that Britney didn't want to play like a villain to the Scoobies. I think she wanted to be a Scooby. <laughs> That's precious. That 100% tracks, too. I believe that with my whole heart. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I wasn't a Britney fan when I was young. I may have been a young gay boy, but I didn't like Britney or her music. I was like, I honestly was of the variety that thought, this is crap. What is what is happening to music? I don't. I, I just probably pushed would up have my glasses at that. <laughs> I, I would have scoffed at it. If it, was, if it was Britney, I would have been like, oh, gosh. But then I think everyone's reactions to seeing April would have made sense. How they all just turn their heads like, who is this amazing woman we're all seeing? <laughs> right? That's true, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think, and I say this in the nicest way possible, I think Brittany would have done well acting the part. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> in, in, in all the cameos Brittany's had, uh, she, res- she does well with a set of simple instructions, a simple character. I'm not actually trying to disparage her, yes. uh, but acting is not her... Forte, and that's but if okay. you say your character is this, this is what you do. Like in uh, How I Met Your Mother, she was um, sycophantic for for Ted, um, and in Will and Grace, she was southern and uh, <laughs> religious. Like that's it. Just give her two words: you're a robot and you're in love. Go. I think she'd be great. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I know. I'm like, let me tread carefully. I don't want our listeners to hate me. <laughs> If they had cast her, they would have to give her one little moment of music. Something. Yes. That party dance scene would have had a bit of a dance in it. <laughs> yes! That would have also, helped that party scene, though, because yeah. that was a bizarre party. Yeah. Mild uh, tiki party theme. <laughs> uh, the other benefit of having Brittany as, the, as April the Robot is that uh, April wouldn't have been wearing those fucking sandals. Oh, yeah, those sandals oh. are rough. What is, I mean, I guess that makes sense because Warren would have bought her clothes and he's a straight guy, but oh God, (laughs) I just wanted to get, I just wanted to mention the sandals and now I have, and now I can get on with the episode. I mean, her her hair looks great. I mean, everyone's hair on Buffy. Oh yeah, her hair is amazing. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And I also, so then she walks away, just, you know, continues asking for Warren. I just wanted to point out two things of the scene before we move on that Tara says, we don't know Warren. And I literally was like, ugh. Because he fucking oh, shoots Tara oh. in a year. I wish they continued to not know Warren. Right? Yes. Yeah. Like, no, don't know him. And then so after she walks away and Anya says how she designed the website for the magic box. And she's like, 
huge photo of me. I thought that was like a really cute detail that also made sense. So then we get the college party, which is it set in the like common room of I think so. I couldn't tell. I was like, I think I'm not even sure if it's on purpose the same set or they're just trying to like that's all they have. But yeah, right? Like I thought that's, that's what it all was. The yeah, I think they were done because they were done with the common area by that point on the show. So yeah, it's, I think they just redressed it. Which originally was in the high school as well, wasn't it? Was it possible? Didn't they in very very early seasons just use the one bit of hallway over and over? Yes. So they're well practiced at just redecorating. <laughs> like, all right, it's now this is where a party is. <laughs> in one of the episodes, they use. Now I don't remember because my memory is terrible. Uh, in one of the episodes before season four, like before we uh, see. Giles' apartment often, uh, they use his courtyard as, like, an evil, like, demons are there, and, like, that's where Buffy fights a demon, but it's clearly the same set because it's got the fountain and everything. Oh, my God. Uh, oh, yeah! <laughs> um, so, yeah, then we get the party, and I I have to say, like, when Buffy and Xander are dancing together, I'm like, this is the only, only time I would buy the case for Buffy and Xander being together. Yeah. The only time. Going back to how, like, this is such a good Xander season, and watching this episode especially, I'm like, if you're a person who shipped Xander and Buffy ever, like, this season and this episode is probably torture for you. Yeah, right? Yes. <laughs> you're like, I want this. This could happen, right? And no, it can't. <laughs> and, like, I think, like, yeah, like, I just think this scene especially, like, really makes the case for that. Like, she's being playful with him. I'm buying what they're both selling. Mm-hmm. It's cute. And it's just very unlike him to like, especially like I feel like season three Xander, if he had danced with Buffy, it would have he would have had to say something about like his boner or some dumb shit. Yeah, his tan would have been creeping south the entire time. <laughs> and I do like Anya telling uh, Willow and Tara like, oh, I did that. I told them to dance together. I expect yeah, a reward. <laughs> she's really using the lessons she learned from a uh, triangle, right? Yeah. And, mm. and I do right. like seeing her with the ladies because it shows like oh look her and willow they are kind of friends now character development you guys Uh, this actually is also yeah just in general a really good anya scene because she has that killer line later on where she talks about april she's like oh she chooses her words a shade (laughs) too precisely and i like that kills me (laughs) it's It's a good line (laughs) and then like the smile she and uh, xander share when he's like well some guys like that like oh (laughs) what is happening oh yeah you're right Oh, and all the while that she does that is that adorable, that funny, and that cute while just chowing down on Chex Mix. Like, that's, <laughs> that's skill. Uh, I also wanted to point out the lighting and the cinematography feels very different in this party. Like, I know the lighting is just because it's like, oh, like Hawaiian tiki whatever theme party, but it like feels like it's almost not, like the, cin- like the cinematography, when she pulls that piece of the Chex Mix out, I mean, like, get a mm-hmm. close-up on it. That feels like very unlike Buffy. I don't know. Mm. And I'm yeah, just... I've just always found this like the spring break party scene strange in general. Everything happening in it is great, but it's just it seems like such a weird setting to get everyone into the same area. Obviously, yeah, yeah. And in this show, it seems as if everyone turned twenty one the day they graduated high school. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Also, that yeah, I, this season it's like very easy to forget they're nineteen. Maybe right. twenty, yes. yeah. Because oh. they all they all drink, and it's never about. Well, it's for one episode it was, but <laughs> their the drinking isn't a problem, or it's not a, uh, you know, it's not an episode about morals and what children should be doing. It's more like, you know, we're kind of adults. We deal with the end of the world. 
We deserve our drinks. Let's I mean, I, yeah. I agree with that, but <laughs> they do deserve I, it. I agree. Yeah, I totally believe it. It's like, yeah. Buffy doesn't have time to drink like a fish, so <laughs> give, her some, give her some moments. Uh, and I, I do like Buffy going over to Ben and having zero game. God. I, I appreciate I, oh, that. It's so cute. It's so cute. But I when I watch it, I wonder to myself... What are you up to besides trying to make yourself feel better, or are you actually just really horny right now? I mean, maybe, right? Oh, both. I say both. <laughs> yeah, probably both. Probably both. But it's yeah. like she's, you know, it's not like she needs to have a man to validate her now, is it? And like, she why, why? She does right now. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And I, I also think Ben immediately. There's two things about Ben seeing him in regular clothes in a college setting, he weirdly immediately looks younger and also cuter. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Is that Maybe that's just my problem. I don't know. I mean, he's, he's a cute guy, so I'll allow it. <laughs> I, I'm just, I can't stand him as an actor. He's the, he's the one guy that went on to do, you know, dramas on MTV. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry. He's also in How to Get Away with Murder. Yeah, he's in How to Get Away with Murder now. Yeah, and I want to know where the fuck he gets off looking like this kind of twinky guy in Buffy and then this, like, <laughs> beat-bearded motherfucker in How to... Like, you don't get to be two kinds of handsome in one lifetime. That is bullshit, <laughs> and I protest. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to check that out. I want to see how he is. Is he is he believable? Is he any good? Yeah. Uh yes. And and like 17 worlds away from this Ben character. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah, good for him. Yeah, he actually has an edge on that show where Ben Ben's edge is technically just being Glory. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> So, and the forced laughter really, I think it's really, I don't know if this makes sense. It's like really good forced laughter, right? Because it feels forced, but like that's what it's supposed to feel. And I don't know. I think she's doing a good job with a forced laughter. And I just appreciate that like she's gorgeous, but she has no game. Right. There's, there's also an in-joke an to be made about Buffy's forced laughter because Samuel Chargella famously hates being told, made to laugh on camera. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. yeah. I didn't yeah, know they, that. Yeah, they, they would make her laugh just as, like, to troll her because she hates laughing on camera on command. So then to make her purposely laugh badly is like a double troll, which I guess is why she's so good slash bad at it. <laughs> huh. Yeah. Uh, she has a great fake laugh. Yeah. It's, I, uh, right. But you're right, Ian. She is stunning in this and just, yeah, it's adorable. Right. It makes me feel better about me because I'm like, oh, someone that hot can also have no game. Okay. I'm good. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> and as far as outfits, I got to say, this is my favorite outfit of hers for the episode because this episode is full of bad sweaters. I mean, same, but we'll get to that at the end, Mouse. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, I don't know, like, when Anya and Xander are talking about April, I don't know if you guys noticed, I didn't notice it until. So, like, I take screen caps to tweet because, you know, that's what I tweet from Slayerfest. I took a screen cap and I was like, wait a minute. And I noticed Warren is, like, behind them creeping out of the party mm-hmm. when they're, like, looking at April. And I do... So, Spike comes over to Buffy and he's... He is, like, peak creep. But, ooh boy, when he tells her that she can put her hands on his hot, tight little body, I'm like, oof. Ooh. I mean, I agree. Yeah. This is where I say, I say the dilemma comes from. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Latoya. <laughs> You're welcome. Because, like, that man is just hot, like, right? Yeah, that's the problem. <laughs> if he were just slightly less hot, it'd be easier for us all to hate him. <laughs> the bastard. Uh, I mean, if he looked like that and were American, I actually probably wouldn't be that into him. 
Yeah, if he was talking with his normal accent, <laughs> nah. <laughs> when we had him on and he did his spiked accent, like, as a joke when we introduced him, he was like, oh, hey, I'm James Marser. Oh, no one knows me like that. And then, like, did a little bit as Spike. I was like, ooh, boy. I really, I mean, we talked about this before, but I really like that the gang immediately knows April's a robot. Like, she throws Spike out that window, and then immediately we get them all sitting around, and they're like, oh, she's a robot, right? <laughs> like, that feels very Buffy to me, that they're all in on the joke. Yeah, it's it's the Scooby gang at its best, when they can get together and get to the point that quickly. Yeah, there was, like, no research. It was just like, oh, yeah, like, everyone was in agreement. She's clearly a robot. And uh, it was, I think it was uh, Tara that says it first. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Then we get the scene of, which I really like the transition, when Buffy's like, oh, I better go relieve Giles. He's baby, he's babysitting Dawn. And Tara's like, oh, Donnie and Giles, they must have been having a blast. And then we cut to Giles being like, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> this poor man and the Summers women. Ah. <laughs> uh, and then Joyce comes home and she tells Buffy about her date and it's really precious and I hate it. Well, I think that's a... a going back to uh, Giles being in the doorway, it's also a really important moment where they're like laying the groundwork for Giles feeling like he's obsolete. Yeah, that's Um, true. Like this episode does a good job of laying the groundwork for a lot of things. Like when Xander talks about the home off being somewhere where you can't really build something that actually stems to his, like goes to his cold feet later on. Yeah. You know, as far as the marriage goes. That's true. You guys are right. Like there is a lot, there, it's weird because there's not a lot going on in this episode, but there is a lot going on, if that makes sense. Like, there isn't, but there is. There's a lot of mm-hmm. really good and subtle character work that it's really important for later on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when, like, actually the episode's just about, like, a robot going through town. Uh, but, yeah, there's, like, a lot of stuff for later. Um, yeah, and then how do we, how do we feel about April, though? I have troubled feelings about her because I feel really bad for her. And I feel like it's, like, a problem. I don't know. Like, when she throws Spike out the window, I like that. But then she's like, oh, like, I have a boyfriend. Only he can touch me. And I'm like, oh. I feel bad for her because she doesn't know better because she was programmed by this terrible, terrible man who we'll get into when we get to his scene where he's introduced. (laughs) Right. Fuck Warren. I feel bad bad for her, but, you know, you can think of her as two different things. You know, she's as a robot or as a woman, or as this girlfriend. And in many ways, she she represents a much younger girl's understanding of men. You know what I mean? The more innocent, doesn't know better, That's... thinks that everything is up to up to the boyfriend, that sort of thing. It kind of it kind of really digs into something for Buffy to use to process her problems. Maybe not necessarily in a good way, but right. It does. Yeah. Um, so then we go to the next scene, which I don't know if we all noticed the scene in the magic box. And the next day, they're all wearing the outfits they wear for the body. It was like the first thing I noticed because Tara's wearing that really horrendous, whatever top that's like tie dye pastel, whatever. I was like, oh no, these are the outfits they wow. wear. Well, I didn't even think about that because obviously it's the same day. And I, I remembered Buffy's red top, obviously. Yeah. But yeah, this is upsetting. And I hate you for pointing that out. <laughs> That's uh, great continuity, though. I'm like, right? I'm, I'm actually a little surprised by that. It's like, I think it's, I want to say it's the last 10 or 11 episodes of the season literally are like all one right after the other. And if it's not a continuation, it's like the next day and they're talking about what happened in the prior episode. Uh, and that's kind of what I love about this season. I love how it's, like, so serialized. I love that. I know that that could be off-putting probably for well, a new viewer, but... 
yeah, it's it's great here, but then uh, Angel, that ended up, uh, well, for a lot of people, hindering it, because uh, season four of Angel is the one that's, like, it only takes place in, like, two to three months. Yeah. All that insanity. <laughs> and that's that was super, super serialized. So, in theory, I understand why people hate all that. Yeah, yeah. But I do like this scene, right? So, I like what they're doing here. I like Giles not getting that it was a sex robot, uh, and them all, like, looking at him. And he, like, is genuine, just like a uh, like pure dad who's just like, oh, well, what? And they're all looking at him like, duh, we know what he made the robot for. <laughs> and then Xander has his Xander moment, which I actually kind of like. I mean, I don't like that he, he's like, oh, it's a sex robot. Who hasn't fantasized about that? And everyone just, like, glares at him. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, like, I, he, the sex bot. This is, like, yeah. not long after Austin Powers, where sex bot was a thing all of a sudden. <laughs> I hadn't even thought about that, but you're right. <laughs> yeah, and and not only that, but he references Oz and says Oz would understand, and Oz was in Austin Powers. I don't know how how full circle that really is, but <laughs> it, that's what I thought when I saw it. <laughs> and I yeah, that's always what I think. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I like the callback to Oz, and I like that he even says Oz would appreciate it. He wouldn't have said anything about it, but he would have appreciated it because <laughs> that is how Oz would have reacted, not said anything. Uh, and then, you know, Dawn makes the Ted reference. And then we get that weird scene of Buffy calling Ben. And the number he gave her is Glory's Mansion, which is really yeah. weird. <laughs> this part of the episode, like just the phone number in general, it's basically, it is completely a plot device because what if Glory had answered the phone? Right? <laughs> and also, I, I, I don't understand that. I don't understand the separation between these two characters. They share the same body, but we're supposed to think that they can get away with things on without each other. And at, at this scene where she calls, it looks like Glory's having an orgasm as she's turning into him. Yes, yes, it does. <laughs> yeah. And, I didn't know it was and she's sweating. Her hair is all frizzed. And I'm like, what are you doing right now? Cause I... I, because we've seen him change without much problem. You know, it's like zip, he just changes. And this change, it seemed like it was a it was a very forced change or something. I don't know. Thank you for saying that, because I didn't want to be the asshole to be like, did it look like she was having an orgasm? <laughs> but, like, I was totally thinking it. <laughs> <laughs> and, so like, she's just standing in front of the phone, like... Yeah. You know, you know how it is. If Ben and Buffy had actually become a relationship, and Buffy wanted to go back to Ben's place, would they go back to Glory's huge right? mansion? And he's just <laughs> because like, that's oh, where yeah. the phone is, so... <laughs> Because, like, I know, she'd be like, well, I like your place. Um, <laughs> like, how do you afford this? <laughs> Why do you have all these shoes? Why do you have all these dresses? Also, <laughs> Ben wears that dress pretty damn well, though, let me tell you. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. I was yeah. like, oh, he looks good. Which I was like, I wonder if it's like they literally just stretched out one of her dresses on him or if they like fit it for him. I had assumed Ben lived elsewhere, but I guess we're supposed to assume he does not. Well, did they have like call forwarding? Cause maybe his calls were being forwarded there. Did they have that back then? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, business people did, I'm sure. That's true. Yeah. I had a cell phone at this point. Ooh, she was fancy. I mean, I think TV took a long time to catch up to the cell phone idea either way. Oh, totally. No, I, I think I remember even watching it thinking like, well, I don't, any of them have a cell phone. Like, I think I remember thinking that was weird. Because in season seven, they actually get cell phones, and it's, like, a plot point. Mm -hmm. Then we get, you know, Willow tells Buffy where Warren is, uh, and Buffy goes to his house. And I kind of really like... I like whenever Buffy just, like, 
needs to do the thing, but she's annoyed. Like, clearly, she doesn't give a shit about Warren. She doesn't give a shit about Katrina freaking out and yelling at him. She's just like, okay, can we get this over with? Like, Well, in hindsight, maybe she should have paid more attention to all of this. Oh, I know. <laughs> I'm like, tell him. Just tell him now, please. Let the robot kill him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Save Katrina and just does, get out of there. She, he yep. does kind of just run off. And, you know, that's that's it, you know? Yeah. He leaves Buffy for dead and runs off. Um, yeah, and I feel like Warren's... I appreciate how despicable they make Warren immediately. Like, they don't try... Because, you know, in the magic box, they try to have a little bit of a discussion where Tara weirdly, annoyingly does Devil's Advocate where she says it's sad that he couldn't find anyone. And I appreciate that they don't do that once we meet him, right? There's no, like... There's no point in which he's sympathetic, yeah, it's it's both Tara and then Willow expands upon it basically about how it, imagine being that lonely, which I think is supposed to lay the groundwork for when Spike actually does it. But either way, stop making sex robots, guys. <laughs> That's a good general rule to live by, I think. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I haven't I have a sex robot. I can't really say about them. <laughs> <or> the other. <laughs> does it also love you, Mouse? <laughs> I mean, my flashlight tells me it loves me sometimes, I swear. <laughs> I need to get a talking one, Jesus. Um, <laughs> it's going to be a whole different episode if it was just a flashlight on wheels rolling around town going... <laughs> Great, I just have that, like, that image in my head now. Thanks a lot. You're welcome. Uh, I'm just picturing googly eyes at the top of it. <laughs> like stick stickly? Yeah. <sighs> anyway, um, <laughs> so yeah, so Katrina runs out, and I like Buffy just, like, watching it. She's like, all right. She goes in, and Warren's like, I have something big to tell you. And she's like, I know. And he's like, no, 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 you couldn't possibly know. She's a robot. <laughs> and she's like, uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> Annoying Her Buffy brain. is my favorite Buffy. Her small woman brain couldn't possibly understand that he made a robot. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and so... So, oh, so then we get Spike going to the magic box. Uh, how did we all feel about this scene? I feel, like, conflicted about it, but I get it. I, the, I, only, the only thing I felt about this scene was, uh, for many years now, people have tried to tell me that Giles is sexy, and I don't get it. And then in this scene, he pushes Spike up against the wall, and suddenly I was like, oh, I see it. He's very <laughs> hot in this scene. <laughs> yes, he is. I mean, there's... There's no moment where I don't find Giles attractive. Um, I, I think that the scene is a little odd how forceful they are with him, or at least how Giles is. Not I mean, I understand like what went, what happened with Buffy was a hostage situation, and he, you know, it was kind of an, a very awkward thing. But I think it was more re- believable the way that Anya and Xander want to taunt him for it rather than. Right. I think this scene confirms something that like, people kind of just uh, disregard in general. Everyone knows that Xander obviously hates Spike, but they they kind of ignore that. Like the rest of the group doesn't really like him either. So Xander, like uh, Anya, being amused that they could possibly just throw him out the window like the robot did. I'm like, yeah, nobody <laughs> likes Spike. Of right. course. It, it it always seems like it gets uh, thrown. Like people don't really think about the fact they none of them really like Spike, especially after. He put Buffy in a hostage situation. Yeah, and that's the part that doesn't ring true. And I know it's necessary for to continue the story and to keep the character around. But they that the Scoobies continually give him the time of day doesn't ring true. Like, right. Yeah. right. 
maybe needing to be so ag- aggressive, but also they could just ignore him entirely and just go, uh, fuck off. Yeah, I, I agree with that. It's, it's a keep your enemies closer thing, because in the Yoko effect, he showed how much trouble he can cause. The, the closer you have him, the better, because he's useful, you know? That he's, point. Yeah. On occasion, yeah. And I, but but yeah. if you don't pay attention to him, he's gonna, he's gonna be a little baby. Gonna be a baby, gonna plot... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the thing about this scene, especially I was mentioning earlier, is just he's honestly he's ready to lie to Buffy's friend and sister about the situation, basically saying, No, 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 Buffy didn't tell you the truth. Here's the truth. He's like trying to throw her under the bus for his garbage behavior. Mm-hmm. Just right. it's kind of ridiculous. He's really doubling down on how terrible he could be yeah. after that. Yeah, so like for me, all of these things everything you all of y'all are saying like ring true. Like it feels like everyone's being a little too aggressive, but also it's like, why the fuck did he even go there? Um, and like, he's, I feel like, you know, we do get that Spike is kind of a dummy, but this feels extra stupid even for Spike to think like, oh, they'll, they'll be okay with me. They'll like believe my bullshit. Cause like Spike knows he did something wrong, right? Like he's, mm-hmm. I, I think he knows, he knows he, he's trying oh, but... to say right now what had happened was, yeah. what he's doing. <laughs> but also that in itself, um, you would do that. I think that's something um, not to be overly personal or like go wildly off topic, but like my stepfather, when I was like a teenager was horrible to my mum. but then tried to convince me otherwise, like tried to convince me mm-hmm. against my own mother. That's what they do. That's true. That's because fair. of pure hubris and just a uh, manic belief I'm I'm going very deeply into a magic show about vampires, but like <laughs> this manic belief that what they're doing is right, or that they are have have justifiable uh, intentions. I mean, yeah, Spike is an abuser, so yes. it, it makes sense that he would go with the, the old. Uh, well, here's what actually happened. Let me explain. Yes. Yeah, that's fair. That's totally fair. I just, I, but I. I will say that uh, you are definitely correct, Christopher, because, oh boy, when Giles pushes him up against that, I'm like, ooh, defend me, Giles. Like, oh, <laughs> defend my is... honor. You're right. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. That is that is a time. Yeah, I, I did several 180s on Giles in that one scene. It was like, oh, no, everyone was right. I was wrong. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> uh, so then we, you know, Spike... But, okay, so this is probably a problem of my own. Um, I just, I weirdly do feel bad for Spike because, okay, so, before anyone uh, yells at me, um, I think that Spike, the problem is, is that I put him in the context of the show as not having a soul, and, like, I feel like he doesn't know what to do, right? That's the only reason why I do feel a little bad for him, but I do think everyone's aggression was, like, completely justified. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's hard to reconcile, like, just two episodes ago, or, like, three, um, when Glory goes to the Summer's house, and Buffy's like, pack a bag, Mom, we're going, and she leaves Joyce and Dawn at Spike's crypt. Um, And I'm like, it's... I I wish we hadn't gotten so much of this back and forth. Like, I wish Crush would have happened earlier in the season, and it would have been like, oh, you're being an asshole, Buffy's ignoring you, and then, like... When he needs to step it up, he steps it up. That way there's not all of this weird back and forth. I I, I would have preferred it to be more streamlined. I don't know. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah, I'm not going to yell at you for that. <laughs> not at all. But in theory, like, who else would she have taken them to anyway? Would she have driven all the way to Los Angeles to take them to Angel? <laughs> but, I mean, she could have been like, Mom, go drive to, you know, she could have had Joyce drive them. 
right? Like Joyce could have been with well, Don. I mean, and... Yeah, I think that that Buffy does take advantage of Spike. You know, she uses him as she sees fit when she feels like it. There's there's a certain aspect of her, a certain char- aspect of her character that is not exactly commendable in regards to how she treats him. Not that she's, I'm not, I'm not saying that she invites any of the problems that he brings to her. Is that she intentionally takes advantage of him because that's, of what he has to offer when it's something that's in her benefit. That's true. She does the same thing to Clem in the next season. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that is absolutely part of her character. Like, you have a thing I need, uh, let me use that thing. I mean, I do think it's just, like, a symptom of her job, right? Like, as a vampire slayer, like, you kind of have to be like, wait, who else is strong and could potentially not let my family get killed if they needed to defend them? And as you were mentioning, like, what is the point of allowing Spike to still technically be in the inner circle? It's so you can use him for things like that. That's true, Mm -hmm. yeah. That's true. Uh, So then we get Buffy talking to Warren, which... I, like uh, uh, I said before, I appreciate that Buffy's kind of like, she has almost no time for Warren, right? Like, she's like, uh-huh. Like, he's like telling her his sob story. She's just like, you're an idiot. Uh, but then I definitely... So, then Katrina and April run into each other. Uh, and that's... This is the moment when I just 100% I'm like, fuck. And I feel bad for April. Like, she can't control that she's upset with Katrina. She can't... She's just, like, acting on what she was literally programmed to do. I don't know. Makes me feel not great. Yeah, I feel oh, really oh. bad for her. And oh, I feel absolutely. Bad, I feel bad for the fact that Katrina ever thought that Warren was worth dating. Yeah. Yes. I yeah. How did he bad. trick her with that one? I don't know. I also feel bad that Katrina had been so won over... Had, had been so won over by Warren that when confronted with April, rather than going, oh, man, you can have him, I'm gone, Mm -hmm. she's like, he is my boyfriend. Like, no, no, dump him. (laughs) I can't imagine that he wasn't dismissive of her before, like the way he is when Buffy comes over and he tells her to shut up. I can't imagine he's been perfect until this moment. Yes, exactly. I know, when he tells her to shut up, I'm like, ooh, do not say that. Oh, oh man! Love <laughs> <laughs> I gotta say that during this scene, where when she's talking to Warren <laughs> again, I'm like a scarf in a leather jacket. <laughs> oh my! Over a sweater. I know it's February, but it's Southern California in a place called Sunnydale. I can't stand it the way these people dress. <laughs> it could uh, get really cold, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Leave us alone. <laughs> Mike, Mike is cold-blooded. He can wear a leather jacket. Yeah, Vampires, sure. that makes sense. They get cold easy, I'm sure. But, like, yeah. And Buffy's, like, doing a lot of running around and punching. I would be sweating my ass off. This this yeah, is my... Right. This is the problem I have with it when I'm watching it. Uh, you could... I can buy that it might be really cold and Buffy needs a coat and a scarf. And I can even buy... Okay, the reason why April's wearing the flimsiest sundress of Gossamer is because she's a robot and doesn't need temperatures. But that is, they are real people filming something. One of those two people is grotesquely uncomfortable. And it makes me <laughs> uncomfortable just thinking about how they filmed it and it would have taken hours and someone's freezing or someone's just drenched in sweat. And it makes me assu- very- <laughs> Do you not assume that every actress is just grotesquely uncomfortable anyway? <laughs> oh, that's actually a good point. That is a very good point. Yeah, okay. At least... <laughs> At least April's feet weren't uncomfortable because she's wearing those fucking sandals. God. They're fight ready. I mean. <laughs> in 2018, she might have been wearing Crocs. <laughs> oh, oh, no. no. 
Um, I was waiting for one of you to be like, excuse me, Ian, I own some crops. <laughs> uh, no. That happened Trump, to me. Trump that happened to me. White nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, that happened to me. My cousin, well, I was like making fun of them and she was like, Ian, they're really comfortable. And I was like, oh shit, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh. I had a pair. I had a pair and they were sandals and they were really ugly, but they were so incredibly comfortable. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Podcast is now sponsored by Crocs. <laughs> oh good, I've been, no! looking, I've been looking for sponsors. <laughs> Crocs, they're fight ready. <laughs> <laughs> the new Buffy is going to have Crocs. <laughs> <laughs> So I almost wish that Buffy and April didn't fight. Like, I get it. It's an episode of Buffy. We have to have a fight scene. There's been no fighting except for April pushing or throwing Spike out a window, which I did like. Right. Uh, but I almost wish we could have just had it be like, I don't know. I just, I think the moment on the swing is just really sweet. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I would say maybe they shouldn't fight because it's honestly the most unintentionally goofy fight of the entire oh. series. This is, the, this is the most symptomatic of them losing their fight choreography from, from season four because they lost Buffy's stunt double, who was married to the fight director, and so he left as well. Right, right. And so from then on, all the fights until season seven are just hot buttered garbage. Yeah, See, this fight scene is pretty bad. Oh, I do think I do think this fight scene isn't good, but I actually like the glory Buffy fight scenes. It's yeah, because those are those are completely different, and it really is just like her. Th- Pushing and tossing Buffy around. That's true. Yeah. Work. This has props. Yeah. yeah, this is just actors facing the camera, and then suddenly a fist or a bit of seesaw or a swing comes in the shot and goes smack, and they topple backwards. It's just that seven times in a row. Yeah, and like the way they're holding this, like when April's holding it, it's like very clumsy. I mean, understandably mm. so. I wouldn't be able to hold that fucking thing and swing it either, but like <laughs> maybe just have her pick up like a pole or something. Right. Uh, so then, you know, Warren runs away, chasing after Katrina, and we're done with him for the most part. We're done part. with him forever, forever, because obviously the show ends with season five, so we'll never see him again. Yes, yes correct. Yes, <laughs> Latoya is correct. <laughs> uh, and then we get, you know, Buffy sitting on the swing, which I, I, it's almost better than it deserves to be for a plot about a silly robot. This is where I got teary-eyed. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. I think that... I, what I what I keep in mind when I watch this this scene is that Buffy's feeling a lot of guilt for what happened with Riley. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. when she when she's making excuses for Warren just to make this robot feel better, it's also to make herself feel better. She's putting herself almost in Warren's shoes as the bad guy and finding a way to absolve herself of these of what what led her to being single and what makes her feel so guilty. You know what I mean? This yeah. is her processing her shit, but also, you know, she can relate to the robot in other ways, but the robot isn't having the same situation that she has. She's kind of on the opposite end of that. Right. And I think that she's just helping this robot get a better breakup than she did. Yeah. Right. Yeah. When April asks, asks, what do I exist for? It's like, well, yeah, Buffy's trying to figure that one out, too. And as, as we'll learn, death is her gift. I know. And right, right. I, I also wanted to point out it's weird that, like, the robot is saying some nonsense, but also saying things that are relevant to, like, Buffy and Buffy specifically this season mm-hmm. and what's coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I really like that because it's not too over the top, but it that it is what it is, right? Yeah. She also says something that reminds us how terrible Warren is when she says, crying is blackmail, good <gasps> girlfriends don't cry. Jesus. Oh. He is the worst! <laughs> oh. He is the worst! I don't know. 
I really appreciated Buffy in the this scene, earlier scenes, being um, appropriately grossed out by the things Warren made April do because a lot of it's played for laughs. Um, but the fact that she is grossed out by that when she finds out that she growls, like yeah. <laughs> uh, Buffy is one of the only characters who is appropriately like, "That's disgusting! You're sick in the head!" and yeah. and especially now what are we now like 16 years later that feels appropriate not just like lol 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 it was a sex robot <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah or the fact that it like she'll get into physical pain if <gasps> she doesn't answer when he calls her name yes like, Jesus oh god Christ. and that how perfectly she distills it because warren uses a bunch of mealy mouth talk and she's like if you you call her and she doesn't answer it hurts her like oh <laughs> i know i that's why for me it like it feels a little off but like it it feels almost still relevant because Buffy's so like, no, that's disgusting. Like, there's no yes. part of Buffy that's like, oh, okay, this is just what it does. She's just like, you're gross, yes. this is gross, everything's gross. Yes. Because <laughs> her friends are, like, justifying it because, you know, they're good, decent people. So if, in their eyes, of course, it's just you want love. Or, yeah, but yeah. Right. Warren wants control and all that. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's control disguised as love, right? Like, that's what it is. Yeah. Uh, like what he does with Andrew, poor guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. right. <laughs> that I don't feel bad that, for that guy either. I, I like sleazy. What he pulls on Andrew makes him feel all sorts of things just to keep him in his pocket. I'm like, that is just that's just awful. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, it's crazy to think that like he's such a throwaway character here, but then he's, you know, next season such a, I mean, not a big deal, but like a big presence. Mm. Um, and I do appreciate that, like, he's fully realized as, like, a oh. sleazy scumbag. Like, there's never... Yep. There's not one redeeming feature about him at all. He is a manipulative, abusive, from the get-go, he is this gross person. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. Yep. He's not loyal. He's not... Just, yeah, you're right. There's nothing to say for him. Right. He's not misunderstood. He's just a bad guy. Yeah. Exactly. Which, which I do really appreciate... Because um, I feel like, especially back then, a show like this could have very easily been like, oh, but look, this bad thing happened to him in his past, and they don't... There's not right. that. Right. Um, yeah, so then, you know, they're sitting on the swing, and I I don't know, it's like just so weird to think, like, wow, Simon Michelle Gellar's doing some great acting opposite this robot. <laughs> 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 but she is. <laughs> and like, even the fact they're on a swing, like, it's not a mature setting to have this mature conversation yeah which is also different right like normally they're everything yeah. is on a soundstage yeah uh, so it's different just for the show um and it's yeah. at a, it's during the sunset as well there's you know it's, yeah there's all it's not night time um so then we get like five little after scenes right we get mm. yeah what is like it lord of the rings <laughs> what is what's the first is the first one it's Xander fixing the window, and Buffy just yeah. made a friend. Right. And he's he's being cute, he's being nice. Uh, and it's also, I think this is the first time we get, like, Xander, like, aside from the replacement, the episode with the Xander double, this is the first time we see Xander, like, actually confident in his work. Yes. Mm -hmm. Which is, like, a nice little setting up for, you know, the later seasons. Um, then she calls Ben to call off the date, which does feel a little like, I mean, you can still go on a date, right? Like, she's she realizes she doesn't need a guy right now, which I think is probably one of the best revelations Buffy can have. Yeah, she yeah, yeah. says, I need to learn how to be uh, 
okay by myself. Yeah. And then, of course, Xander throws her, you know, well, I, I, like, I think being alone with you is great or something like that. I'm like, wah, wah, wah. Like, <laughs> let her have her moment. Don't make her right. feel better right now. She needs, she needs to, like, wallow in this. And I love that she calls it off because I don't like Ben. I don't want to see him around very much. <laughs> right. You're still going to see him around much, though. <laughs> yeah, but, like, at least we don't have to see, like, an awkward why in the world would she see anything in this guy in the first place scenarios. I'm still upset you didn't get to see him dance after he kept telling her how bad of a dancer he was. <laughs> I wanted to see it. <laughs> I also um, think it's great that she learnt this. Like, she learnt that she doesn't need a man from April because while April was talking about everything she needs and wants and what she exists for, Buffy realised, oh, I can be more than that. You're stuck here. I don't have to be that person. And that's what makes her realise. I think that's great. Yeah. Aww. Yeah. Poor April. Um, I also love Buffy leaving the message and we just cut to Glory and she's like, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> because like, right? Like, what the fuck? Like, I also, the- like, that makes me, leads me to believe, like, what was Ben thinking being like, yes, I know Glory is trying to murder this girl, but let me give her my number because like, I want to hook up. Well, why does either of them have an answering machine is what I'm wondering. <laughs> 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 like, what does Glory her? need that for? <laughs> Who is calling her? Well, I guess if Glory usually answers, let's say that Glory answers the phone, like a, like a good roommate, <laughs> and people would just, she could just be like, oh, my brother's out, because Ben and Glory are brother and sister, so I guess... But if she answered and Buffy was the one on the phone, right? that wouldn't work. Like, there's no way right? to play and around like, that. <laughs> It seems like this, the phone is what she likes to stand by when she masturbates. So, you know, <laughs> when you're going to catch her. She's so disappointed that Buffy turned them down. I, I also, oh. also, like, for me, the idea of, like, Buffy and Ben on a date and they kiss and then Ben immediately, like, somehow, like, transforms into glory. Like, I, I would love that scene. Oh, God. <laughs> what if he could, like, actually just all of a sudden be wearing a dress? That'd be even better. <laughs> I mean, he looks good, so, like, good for him. That happens on the Tara Anya April spinoff that we're going to have. <laughs> Yay! Um, so, then Spike goes to Warren for the Buffy bot. Um, I'm not the biggest fan of the Buffy bot. I do like that episode that is coming up, um, but mm-hmm. not the biggest fan of that whole... I just... I don't know that I love a robot in my, like like, fantasy world. I don't know. I mean, I've always supported like robots in Buffy more than the time that there was an alien in Buffy in this <laughs> season, which is still weird to me. I mean, they like mm. explain it away as a demon from like far away, but yeah, it's an alien. Yeah, uh, it's a fucking alien. I think the more years removed uh, from Buffy being on the air, because uh, the more I'm just like, oh no, to the Buffy butt, because I remember it just being, you know, it's fun, it's hilarious at the time as a youth, but now it's just like. Jesus, Spike, come on. <laughs> it's gross. I love the bot as a decoy, though. I think there's... Yeah. There's, it's, it's fairly useful, but... Uh... One of the saddest scenes in, in the history of the show, when Dawn oh. like, just crawls into like the, the bot's bed while it's charging, because oh, she yeah. wants her sister. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh. Really depressing. So then, uh... Christopher, would you like to talk about the next scene, the last scene? Yeah, let's talk about okay. Let's talk about how um, while this episode was playing, uh, my husband was half watching it. And he hasn't really watched Buffy, and I said loudly and smugly, "Ho ho ho! 
glad I'm not doing the next episode because the next episode she dies and I don't want to be around to watch that. And then the minute Buffy walks in the door, I was like, oh no, oh God, <laughs> it's in this episode. Fuck. And I fully cried, fully cried. Yeah. It... From the minute I realized what was happening, she hadn't even noticed her. The camera hadn't even had her blurry in the background yet. It was just Buffy walking in the door. I immediately started squirting. It was bad. Yeah. Uh, I get, like, when it comes to Joyce and, like, Tara, I feel like I barely cry. I just get, like, upset. Like, I'm like, oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, and so Jada Spenson actually pointed out when she was on, she so she wrote this episode, but she said Joss wrote this end. Like, he told her, hey, I'm going to write the end of this episode. And he, like, wrote this last, like, what, like, two-minute, one-minute scene. Yeah. Um, because it was like part of his script for the body. Um, and yeah, I just, oh boy, what an ending. I feel like, you know, the April scene is sad and it's like for such a lighthearted episode, it gets pretty dark, right? Cause it's like, oh, first there's a robot and then it's like, oh, it's a sex robot. And then it's like, mm. oh, created by this like gross man. Oh, the sex robot is dying and it's weirdly sad. Oh, Buffy now found her mother dead. Fuck. I think, though, it is sadder having seen it already. I think when this episode first aired, when it was first created to be watched by fresh eyes, you wouldn't believe that she'd actually... This was a cliffhanger for the next episode where she would obviously be resurrected or you know, she'd be revived. Because well, you that's what expect- I'm trying to remember, is whether or not... Because I, I, I watched this when it first aired, mm-hmm. and I remember being shocked at the end, and I remember... Like, you know, starting to tear up. But what I don't remember is if there was a next time on Buffy. Like, yeah. Was I, don't, I don't think so, but I remember that I absolutely watching it was like, oh my God, but she'll be fine. Like, I did not believe it. Because I always say that I remember in, for season six, when t- the episode, like when Tara died, the way they previewed it was one of the, one of the gang will die and then I remember as soon as I saw Amber Benson in the opening credits, I got teared up because I was like, no, fuck, it's going to be her. Because I remember Joss saying how he wanted to do that with the first two episodes, have the guy that yes. played Jesse in the credits, but they couldn't afford it. And now they had the budget. And so like, I immediately knew it was her, even though that episode also kind of ends on like a, she's dead. Whoop, there are the credits. Uh, and I had missed these episodes when they aired. So I like just knew Joyce was dead. Oh, okay. And I remember I only saw, like, when FX would air them in the morning, I would set my VCR to record. And I remember these two episodes I watched back to back. And I remember I had, like, strep throat. And I remember getting to this end just, like, crying and feeling disgusting because I was, like, super sick. And, like, (laughs) laying in my childhood bed and, like, crying but also sick and snotty. And that's what I think of when I think of these two episodes. (laughs) Aww. Latoya, did you watch them when they aired? I can't remember. I didn't. I, I saw it this, uh, when I saw this and the replacement. It was the the summer between season five and season six, okay. really. Yeah. So I saw like these two episodes, and I think I saw um, the gift and uh, the one where Glory at the end finds out that Dawn is the key before they go on the run. Okay. Those Absolutely. were the like few episodes I saw, and then uh, FX was starting to do um, the repeats, and that's how I was able to right. mostly get caught up while watching season six so this is where i'm really lucky because i watched these episodes when they aired from about season two onwards i watched them when they aired but in australia which was a four months later and b 
at 10.30 at night and the network did not give a shit about it. So they didn't put on any ads for it. So there was no promo, none of that, someone will die. Everything was a surprise when it came up, which helped, kind of. Yeah. All right. So now we've come to the end, everyone. Um, Favorite outfit, LaToya? I'm going to say Ben in that dress. (laughs) (laughs) He pulls it off. He does. He pulls it off. Uh, Christopher? Uh, Favorite or, like, one I'm most passionate about, Buffy in the all-black scarf, jacket, coat, like snow boot ensemble because what the fuck are you doing uh mouse favorite outfit would be the the, the gold shimmery sweater at the party yeah. i like that yes one. oh yeah i own yes. that sweater yeah so, that's, you know, that's my I, I think her whole look is really working at that party she's got her hair up it looks cute yeah i'm into it uh favorite scene christopher uh tara and anya I want that spinoff. LaToya? Yeah, I'm going to have to go with Tara and Anya, too. It's just, it's, and I guess the scene begins because I guess um, Tara's asking Anya for computer help so she can be better at computers for Willow, which I think is adorable. Aw, I didn't even (laughs) thought of that. Yes. Um, Mouse? I, the the scene with um, Joyce and Buffy and Dawn. Oh, Uh, nice. Yeah, nice. Mine, I, I think mine is, uh, I have like four written down, but I think I'm going to go with the, <laughs> the end with April as like, I just think it's really well done. And I love seeing Buffy being so sweet with this, like basic, like basically a stranger. If you can call a robot a stranger, I guess you can, right? Yeah. 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 I mean, kind of, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, like, only just met, so definitely stranger. Yeah. Uh, grade, Christopher? Uh, I will give this, um, let me think. And I'm going to give it an A minus. All right. All right. Because it's a, it's a filler episode that really, uh, even beyond my understanding, is only you guys talking about it that we realize how much groundwork was laid for future stuff in what was supposed to be a break between all the glory shit. Hmm. All right. Um, yeah. Mouse. Um, I give it a B plus. It's it's it serves really well and, and like I think that thematically and how it pulls lots of little bits of what is to come, it does a great job. But the fight scenes are kind of unforgivable. Uh, Latoya, I mean I've always really liked this episode, obviously because it holds like a special place in my heart and my Buffy fandom. I think I was going to give it like a B B plus before I even rewatched the episode, but rewatching it and just talking about it, I think an A minus. It really it's has. Or a filler episode, if you want to call it that. It has a lot in it. It's it's really packed, just great character moments. And I feel like the episode in general is really underrated by people. Yep. Yeah. Gave us a taste of what Xander could have been consistently. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think I'd give it, yeah, I think I'm going up. Originally when I watched it, in my notes I put uh, C+. I think I'm going up to a B+, actually. Nice. Because, um, yeah, I agree. I think it's, like, pretty underrated. I definitely skip it when I rewatch only because of the ending. Like, I skip it because I just <laughs> don't want to watch that. And I always skip the body when I rewatch because why would I want to watch that? Oh, agreed. <laughs> all right. Thank you all for joining us. If you want to follow SlayerFest98, we are on Twitter at SlayerFestX98. And if you like us, feel free to subscribe to us and rate us on iTunes. We are on SoundCloud, Google Play, and Stitcher. And if you'd like to follow me on Twitter, I am at IanXCarlos. Christopher, where can people find you on the internet? 
You can find me at Chris Opotamia uh, on Twitter and Instagram. You can also follow uh, my podcast, uh, which does horror films. Uh, it's called Dirty Little Horror at Dirty Horror Pod on Twitter. Uh, Latoya, how can we find you? You can find me uh, on Twitter at Lafergs, and I will tweet whatever I'm up to and a lot of nonsense. So get ready for that. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I'm already into it. And Mouse? I am on Twitter at Sherman underscore mouse. That's M-A-U-S. That's, you got to be 18 to follow that. Um, that's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> um, all right, guys. Thank you so much for joining us. And thank you all for listening. Bye. Bye. Thank you. <laughs>